can the can the boy across the street who has never spoken to you before apply for a service animal for you and then die <laughs> ten seconds later? <laughs> he has to die though, otherwise you don't yeah. get it. I mean he can <laughs> he can try, I guess. I yeah. don't know. You can give it a go. Grab some popcorn and stick around. We've got some garbage to talk about. Hi, Rogue. Hey, Zax. Hi, Karina. Hi, Zax. Hi, Aaron. Hi, Zax. What are we doing today? Well, we're talking <laughs> about Sia's dumpster fire of a movie. <laughs> Music. <laughs> Who's excited? Um, okay, so like, um, I've now sat through this thing three different times because I'm the lucky lady who actually gave money to a bad cause. Yay. Um, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm paying for it. Um, I guess. Figuratively and um, literally. Yeah. So, um... Because one thing that is funny about that is that, like, while I was watching with Bob for my third time, uh, I was like, well, I did leave a dislike. And he's like, your dislike and views don't matter. You already gave them money. <laughs> I was like, oh, well. It's the thought that counts. And dislikes yeah. don't really matter anyway, so. Yeah, yeah. it's all engagement. <laughs> um, okay, well, one, I guess let's start, because, uh, Aaron made, like, a lot of good observations about, um, different things just outside of the film before we even get to the movie, so we should just do, like, a rundown of those things before we get into the movie movie. Sure. <laughs> okay. So, uh, here's a list of the observations I made. First of all... Uh, Sia agrees with the comparison of autistic people being inanimate, like a wig, and that she did a great job of making them seem like actual people. Wow. <laughs> any Which, any like, commentary uh, on that? Thanks. Like, okay. Like, uh, okay, like, there's, like, several scenes where the focus is on anybody else <laughs> and music is just in the background. Literally like, just oh. a set piece. They could have had yeah. Where she was. Yeah. Like, I think Bob even said, like, oh, this movie could have starred that piano that people play sometimes. Yeah. yeah. It's really... the Like, once you... Because like, the movie starts being about her, but once you notice, like, wait, where'd she go? Do you know what yeah. she's done? It's, <laughs> we really should have timed, like, the amount of uh, screen time and involvement in the scene that music had because despite her being the title character the movie is not actually about her so yeah, it should be the... called Kazu. yeah <laughs> um second Stupid note <laughs> second note Sia claims that she had written the movie with the neurodivergent actor in mind but that they were incapable of playing the role so she cast Maddie instead of another neurodivergent actor who would have been happily able to play the role but later goes on to say that she wouldn't have made she wouldn't make art at all if it didn't include Maddie, and that she'd apparently had Maddie in mind while writing the film, and not a neurodivergent actor at all. And I yeah, want to be like, clear that when she said that um, the 
actress that she initially cast that was neurodivergent couldn't perform the role. She wasn't like couldn't do it because she was bad. She was saying she <laughs> couldn't do it because she was overwhelmed on set. Like um, she was a neurodivergent. This was her story. I'll preface it mm. by saying that she was a neurodivergent actress, but when she was on set, she was overwhelmed by like the cameras and the lights, which is fine. That happens. That happens to neurotypical people. And so instead of pushing her to perform, she was just like, well, you don't have to do it if you're not comfortable. And this um, alleged actress said she wasn't comfortable. So then she thought, Mm. Maddie Ziegler, I guess. <laughs> like, but, yeah, because, like, that's, I mean, we'll talk, that's one of our later points that we're talking about more about just, like, why uh, this neurodivergent actor couldn't perform. But, like, I, that's, I don't know, like, so we talked about it, and I've heard, like, other people mention it, like, I think it's such a bad, like, whether it's true or not, I think it's such a bad look that nobody believes there was ever yeah. a neurodivergent yeah, actress. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll get to that more in a second, probably. Yeah. Okay. Um, but uh, third point, a uh, a neurodivergent actor on Twitter had said that they um, that they and many other neurodivergent actors would have happily played the role, and Sia frustrated. Uh, tells them that they are just a bad actor, or probably just a bad actor. Um, and that's why they didn't get casted. Yeah. Ugh. Okay. Well, let's. Like, I mean, if we can go back and forth on like representation in general, but I feel like my per and I get it if like business people do whatever they have to do whatever i just think my thing is i hate the idea that there are people who really want to pursue the arts in whatever way and then there's actually an opportunity for something where they would be the preferred pick and then they're not even welcome to do that yeah see that's just (laughs) like that's just unfortunate personally for me I'm mm-hmm. a big believer in that, like, an actor should be able to play anybody, right? Regardless right. if they're neurodivergent or yeah. neurotypical or if they are, like, gay, straight, trans, cis, whatever. Like, you should be able to play any kind of character, mm-hmm. um, you know, short of using blackface or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, I agree. <laughs> um, that, that isn't my gripe here. The reason that I noted these down... It's because Sia just straight up lies about it. Like, she's like, oh, yeah, I tried. I tried, but they were too hard to work with when it was all her fault. Yeah. And again, we'll get to that in a second. It's point five up to point four. Um, (laughs) Point four is Autism Speaks. The uh, the infamous organization Autism Speaks was involved. Sia had claimed to have done three years of research on the autistic community beforehand and was shocked that Autism Speaks was controversial and claimed she didn't know, despite somebody having telling, despite having been told several months prior to her saying that she didn't know on Twitter that they were that controversial. Like, yeah, I mean, I don't, like, really know a lot about Autism Speaks, but what I do know is enough for me to be like, 
Yes. So the two things I know, that awful commercial where they're like, autism, autism lives in your is. home and it's going to destroy your life. Like it's a, and then, I don't know what the commercial is. is for, but it's like your uh, carbon monoxide detectors. That's the same vibe that... Yeah, it's very ear-mongering. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah it's no, they just... They're like an anti-drug commercial. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even know what you... Like, if you see that, and you're like the parent... I don't even know what you do with that information. It's so, like, not helpful. The second thing I know is that apparently one of the people who worked with Autism Speaks literally left to start a different (laughs) charity to actually help people. And that person... I love to see that. That person who left said that one of the reasons that she left is because the, like people in charge of autism speaks were straight up just ignoring the science of autism like behind mm-hmm. autism and yeah. and yeah. instead we're like like there are literally people in leadership positions in autism speaks an autistic charity like a supposedly to help people with autism in the families <laughs> who um are anti-vaxxers right uh. so that's a great combination. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. The uh, um. <laughs> So, in short, the way that I describe Autism Speaks is it's Peter for people. Yeah. Exactly. Um, exactly. Mm, yeah. And point number five, uh, being a movie about autism, but not taking into account the fact that autistic people might want to watch the movie, has very <laughs> hyper-stimulating effects like super bright colors, strobing lights. Um, at several points, it it was physically painful for me to watch this movie because of the strobing lights. Mm-hmm. I do not have cuts. Yeah, yeah I, uh, I... I I'm a high functioning autistic. I do not have epileptic seizures. I um, I n- my family has no history of epilepsy, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And um, this still, this still was painful to watch because of the strobing lights. Yeah, I think I kind of don't know, like if that's because I don't mind flashing lights. Sometimes, like they do have like artistic use from time to time, but it was like the whole movie, and it did like hurt my eyes. Yeah, you watched <laughs> it. Certain I mean, that's. <laughs> It's like, even... I got a headache, like, pretty much, I have, like, not, like, a big headache, but, like, I have, like, a mild headache after each viewing of the movie. Right, right. So, like, <laughs> it's a lot. Um, um, so, yeah. But, yeah, that's, that's a really, really big, big one for me, because, um, it's a movie about an autistic person. Well, supposedly it's supposed to be about an autistic person. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll get into uh, that. And it's supposed to be this, like, beautiful message of, like, or to, I don't know what they're trying to message here. We don't even know um, what the message is, and I think yeah, that Yeah, I have no idea what the message is. <laughs> yeah, um, it's so disjointed. <laughs> but, you know, she went into this with the, with the whole mindset of, like, oh, we're going to make a, we're going to make a movie that humanizes autism or whatever, which is weird, but... Yeah. And then cut and to a scene of music uh, laying under a bench, eating gum off the bottom of a bench. That's really humanizing, Sia. You're such a martyr for the community. Yeah, that's... Um. 
one thing, like, just a quick thing, like, on representation, which, like, I feel like we've probably talked about in some other uh, episode before, but, like, I feel like representation is so important for everybody to have at least one person, because, like, the Brandy Cinderella movie is still my favorite movie ever, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. because she was a black princess. Yeah. <laughs> and, like... <laughs> There are other things that are good about it, too, and it's, like, the rewatchability is great, but, like, I never, I don't think, like, I'll ever forget the first time, like, I saw Brandy on the big screen. So, like, if you are young and you hear about this movie, you're like, oh, yay, it's like, oh, and... Especially if you're young, (laughs) if you're, like, young and don't really understand what it means to have, like, neurodivergence or, like, anything, really, like... If any other kind of disability, mental or physical or whatever, like you're, you know that you have this, but you don't know what it means exactly. And then you mm. don't mm-hmm. see anything about it in the media. And you, like, obviously, I'm can't speak personally because I'm not neurodivergent. Um, and I'm able, so I, I don't want to sound like ableist or anything, but I can imagine that if you don't see any representation and you're really young you could feel very alienated from society mm-hmm. just because you don't see anyone like you on in media. Yeah. Well, the representations that do exist, like, and we're going to get to this in a minute, but the representations that do exist in media fall into a very particular set of tropes that are not representative of most people. Mm-hmm. And autism yeah. is one of those, one of those things where it no character you make will ever be perfectly representative of everybody with autism. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, so... Oh, right. Yeah, so... There's a lot of autistic people who are prone to seizures. The movie is about an autistic person, so it's going to draw a lot of autistic people in the audience. And it's full of strobing lights. So yeah, that's a big one. Um, yeah, I... Yeah, I don't even remember if there was a warning when we watched. Most like I didn't think there Incredibles, was. Yeah. Incredibles two had a warning like all over the thing. Like I think when we went to see it, they even have a thing like dirt like they put into the movie so you know like when it's coming. But they they even had to add theirs. The incredible because when I first saw it in the theaters, there wasn't a warning, mm-hmm. so they added it in theirs. But Sia said she was going to add a warning in hers. Never did. Sia also said that she was going to remove the thank you to Autism Speaks in the credits, and in the version that we watched, at least, the thank you was still there. Mm. Yeah. Hey, we'll and, like, talk more well, that was both like times. Yeah, yeah, when I sure. watched with Aaron, too, it was there. I don't, I didn't watch this last, watch for it this last time, but it hasn't been updated. Yeah. Um, let's talk about this whole tan face <laughs> fiasco. Because what controversy um, isn't enough. <laughs> So, we were talking about this before we even started recording. So, music is a biracial neurodivergent girl. However. We think. (laughs) Well, because in interviews, she has said that the character was biracial and neurodivergent. But it never gets explicit. It never explicitly says in the movie. Nor does it have any relevance to the plot. Yeah. Like, N- grandma's white, Kate Hudson's white, music's there's, white, but... There, there's a, um, there's a very, very, very small relevance, and there's a very, very small mention of it, potentially, and it's that 
Kazoo at one point in the movie says that she picked up English just fine after saying that she wants to move to to paradise. Paradise. And that is the yes. only relevance it has to the entire Which, plot. Is, and we're like Zax and I still aren't even entirely sure that that's even what she meant. Is that she wasn't? Yeah, I definitely thought she just meant like because he's asking her the question in a way like so you like. Do you speak a different language? And she's like, well, I learned this one just fine. Which is like the same way like babies pick up whatever language they're raised around. It sounded like she was just being like, like sassy. Yeah. Potentially. Because like even later in that scene, he tells her that she's being like, he's like, oh, look, there's a lantern, you cheeky girl or whatever he says. So like, I think that's just like her humor is that she always just is annoying about <laughs> stuff like that. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> her one um, <laughs> yeah, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt and say that it was supposed to hint at them being biracial and that's part of the... Well, the but they're only she's... half sisters, so that still doesn't really that's what clarify for music. Yeah, if we could you know, just like see it's, their it's very, <laughs> it's very convoluted, and there's no like real explanation or any like any follow through with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the other thing too. We were talking about how like you can't really like like any like we were talking about, like any actor can play. So like a uh, neurotypical person can like play a neurodivergent character you know with care and tact and all that that's mm. fine. but you can't really play biracial um <laughs> like yeah it, you kind of just like are you or either aren't. are or you aren't and if you are playing yeah. someone who is biracial and you are not biracial uh i got some bad news for you that's <laughs> racist <laughs> And like I, I want to be clear, character... I... sorry. No, go ahead. Oh, I think if your yeah. character's passing for whatever racial group you belong to, and obvious, like, and obviously, like, present as or are perceived as, then it's fine. Yeah. But... Mm. Yeah, like, yeah, because I think it's one like there's some, like, yeah, I guess it's the addition, like, the necessity of the tan face that I think makes it weird. Like, because there's some, like, there are lots of actors who have, like, played characters of different races that, like, nobody's had a problem with because, like, yeah. it doesn't, like, they didn't have to, like, put on prosthetics or something. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, and so, like, that's just acting and that's fine, you know? Especially because, like, some places, like, you came from this country when, like, the real-life actor came from this country. Right. Kind of, like, and that's... So I'm not being like, you need to only be like that. I'm not. <laughs> but, mm. like, she's just white. Yeah. So <laughs> that's all I'm saying. <laughs> um, but the other thing I want to say before we get into the movie is that, like, I really, like, only have love for Maddie Ziegler. Maybe even more after this because, like, she's Deserved been... better. Like... I don't like. I don't really fault any of the actors in this movie because, like, they're just working. Right. You know, um, they didn't like write it. They. I don't even know. The only person who I think had a little bit of say was maybe Ben Schwartz because it sounded like he like got to improvise some lines and he's like an improv comedian. So like, that's that. 
But right. that's not really like. But he didn't really have a say in like the plot. Um, so love for them. That's all great. I just want to give you guys just a quick summary of like the whole movie. It'll um, be really quick because nothing happens. <laughs> yeah, it's really um, boring. So Kazoo, played by Kate Hudson, is on probation slash a recovering addict slash drug dealer. When her grandma dies, she gets custody of her autistic sister. Oh no. <laughs> but with the help of Hector Elizondo from Princess Diaries, Ben Schwartz as a ridiculously patient drug supplier who is just hemorrhaging money, I think, and a magical black man <laughs> and a magical black man, Leslie Omar Jun- Odom Jr. Kazoo learns to be happy with the life she was given. Also, her sister's name is Music. That's it. You got it. <laughs> it. Alright yeah. everyone, thanks for watching this video. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe because we all need friends. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Alright. Uh, problems within the movie. So, over-exaggeration of autistic traits. Music, the character music isn't extremely inaccurate technically most of the ticks that she displays and most of the behaviors and everything that she displays are actual like autistic traits however her character is essentially just the most extreme cases of the entire list of symptoms for autism combined in a single person generally autistically coded characters characters who are intentionally coded autistic i should say Mm -hmm are pretty bad representatively because they fall into specific tropes. Um, Whereas characters who are not specifically coded as autistic, but happen to share some of those traits, tend to be a lot more beloved by the autistic community. Characters like Data or Spock from Star Trek because of their struggles with emotion and expression. Mm -hmm. Um, Understanding themselves and others as well. Um... Autism is an extremely broad diagnosis. It goes all the way from people who are actually somewhat similar to music to people who are like me. Um, there, there's a very, very broad spectrum mm-hmm. and everybody's experience with it is vastly different, even, even people who are similarly positioned on the spectrum. So having music as like a spiritual representation of all autistic people is just impossible and the movie absolutely fails at doing that because it is just not something that you can do accurately (laughs) if if you want to represent the entire autistic community in a in a piece of medium you need multiple characters Mm. um Oh yeah, she's depicted as a burden and is used as a prop for other, uh, by other characters. She's basically used as a prop for other characters to grow off of. Which is right. insane because they don't even do that. Yeah, like, Kazoo starts off basic, like, she's just going through some stuff, has to figure it out. And then by the end, she's, she's figured it out, sort of. But, like, we don't get any, like, we don't even get any character growth by, like, seeing her interact with music and them being like sisters and like you know doing whatever as sisters we get one like 
20 second montage of them Mm -hmm. laughing together and that was pretty much it and i was like this is what we're getting for seeing them bonding we don't even get dialogue mm -hmm. yeah that was one thing too that was frustrating to me so like several times uh like, basically just when Kazoo feels like it, she'll try to, like, reminisce and, like, manufacture these moments with music about, like, oh, do you remember this and that? Meanwhile, music is trying to watch her own show or do things. And then Kazoo just sort of looks exasperated, like, ugh, you don't get it. And then it's like, well, why don't, like, she, earlier she was, like, cutting out pictures of dogs or whatever at the table, and you were searching the whole house for some money. So maybe mm. then you could have talked to her about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she's, no? used, she's like, because I think it would have been a better movie if music was actually a character that mm-hmm. helped Kazoo grow instead of, as Aaron put it, a prop that helped her grip. right because she might as well have been like a dress that <laughs> like yeah it's i think it's like the equivalent pants. yeah yeah because she's kind of like this pants <laughs> yeah i feel like she's basically like a sliding scale of like where she's at with music is where her character is at like that's how you know they're getting along oh no she can't uh she's overwhelmed she keeps making she keeps trying to put her away <laughs> there she's needs to grow some more i i don't i don't know maybe i just really didn't like all those people pound jokes yeah. in the movie mm. I, they be jokes? well okay so like one only one is officially a joke so first she makes a call to some oh, facility the, like, it's a like, mental health hotline that she calls yeah and like at least maybe not for kazoo it's a joke but for us it's supposed to be funny i think otherwise it's makes less sense but she so once she calls this facility and she's like y'all do pick up and she's like like a laundry service no and like by the way if someone's asking you to pick up for a child i think you need to do some investigating like how's this kid doing are they okay someone maybe someone calls a mental health crisis line do you do pickups can you tell me what the emergency is should be your response not we're not a laundry service like shut up and then and then kate hudson is like well what if i wasn't here and then she's like but you are here and I was like, you're, like... This is, this oh is 30 God. seconds that could have been cut from the movie and nothing would have changed. Yeah. <laughs> and then the following night... Well, okay. Before, I guess, we get to that... She meets Ebo and, like, the first big deal happens. But at, she makes a joke, say... Because she's like, hey, you want to go grab some lunch? I forgot my wallet, so it'll have to be on you, but I'll get you next time. And he says, oh, I'd like to, but I have to go to work, but I can come by later and help you with music some more. And she says, oh, I was going to drop her off at the people pound, but I'll hang on to her a little longer, which is like, and the joke is, I was going to ditch her, but if it gets me more time with you, handsome. That's literally, they literally wrote into the dialogue, I'm using her 
for my own benefit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I. It's just, it was really good. And the back. Yeah. And like. The entire plot of the movie. So, okay. I I want to bring up real quick. So there was this movie. I I don't know if you remember it. It was a decom. It's called True Confessions. Yes. Yes. Um, And it's (laughs) essentially, I mean, it's similar to this movie in that it's siblings one of them has a is developmentally delayed played by shia labeouf um -hmm. it was 2002 it was before he was problematic (laughs) um and this did a really i wish i could have watched it before we did this video maybe we'll do another video um (laughs) yeah i was you know it's so funny i was thinking about watching it too because i think we should do a comparison because mm. I haven't seen it in a really long time, but if I remember correctly, they did it right. It is based on a book. They did it right. The character growth was both of the characters, the person who's developmentally delayed and his sister, mm-hmm. who has, like, her own struggles with that. They both grow together, though, instead of just, like, this person being used as a plot device so that one person can, you know? I don't know. I just yeah. think... No, I think it was, like, from what, and I don't remember, so maybe, like, we'll watch it and be like, oh, <laughs> yeah, never mind. But, but still, we'll, okay, we'll put that in the works. We'll do a comparison once we get a hold of True Confessions. Okay. Um. <laughs> so, she's depicted as a burden and is used as a prop, which is what we just talked about. Um, and is not displayed as an actual person which comes through especially true in some of the music scenes where her stimming essentially goes away almost entirely and she effectively effectively becomes a completely neurotypical, like, in quotes, normal girl, Mm. Um, which insinuates that the ideal version of... um, the ideal version of music is one who isn't autistic. And that's... Yeah! By the way, this is supposed to be, like, they're... I was going to say her inner whatever thought process or whatever, but I guess it's just everybody's because they all have their own scenes. Um, yeah. yeah. Which means that the- she views herself as wanting to, or, you know, that's her ideal yeah. self too, which mm-hmm. is horrible. That's so sad. Yeah. And like the other thing too is like, you know, because I've watched this movie three times i've been paying more and more attention to the lyrics and the opening song is just saying oh body don't fail me now over and over again while she's dancing and stepping and like yeah that that i don't i don't have any commentary other than that's what sia wrote yeah that uh that scene in specific uh the oh body music video is the only music video that I can remember off the top of my head in this movie that doesn't have her stop stimming. And it is yeah. right at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, suggesting that she's, like, in, I guess in her head overcoming it or something. I don't know. Like, yeah, it sounds like she, it's, like, and I, this is probably too much credit, but, like, it sounds like the gist of the song is, like, oh, body, don't fail me now. Like, there's lots of things I want to do, but my body just won't let me do those things. Which, again... Yikes. Uh, yeah, I don't have anything else to say other than, like, why did you do this? <laughs> mm. It's also insinuated that, um, 
that like aside from uh music being like unable to interact in the world uh, with the world in an in a typical fashion because of the overstimulation and everything she's basically just completely normal in her head which mm-hmm. isn't how it works like right. um the uh a, a thing that a lot of autistic people say is that they are wired differently like they just think differently to neurotypical people and they see the world in a way that's different to neurotypical people not better or worse necessarily uh just different and i i think this rings true for me in a couple of uh cases because a lot of the time i'll think about issues in ways that other people don't ever seem to really pick up on and i'll mm-hmm. just completely overlook things that neurotypical people bring up mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. Yeah, we all notice very, very different things, and we all think about them in very, very different ways. Uh, mm. Music's character is not a neurotypical person trapped in an autistic person's body. They are they are supposed to be neurodivergent, but that's the way that they're presented, kind of. It's weird. Yeah, yeah with it, it, like, yeah, like, with the lyrics of the songs and everything, and just how everything happens and you're right it is like they're like every person with autism has a neurotypical person trapped inside them waiting to come out and that's super harmful that's more harmful than i thought going in it's moments like this that make me really realize the damage of having somebody who doesn't identify with or understand this person's perspective in life like I, I'm, I think the phrase is nothing about us without us. I can really tell yeah. that, like, somebody who doesn't have autism wrote this script and wrote this screenplay because and it's so yeah. bad. I think what's even more horrible is to think that, so she did, supposedly did three years of research with autistic community. Where is it? And also, also, she says that one of her friends has a nonverbal son, um, nonverbal autistic son, sorry, to clarify, um, which is awful because I'm like, is this how you're then seeing his her son? Yeah, like, oh, right, he's trapped in this horrible situation. Like, whoa, yikes! I wonder how his how that family reacted to. <laughs> I hope they cut <laughs> her off. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. Now it's time for the uh, the crush. Yeah. Oh no! Okay. Uh, Zach, so, do you want to lead this one? Uh, sure. So, um, it's Kate Hudson's first uh, full day with music. Kazoo's first day with all distance. Kate Hudson from this. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I'll try to. This is the, this is the this one, is the one time I really <laughs> I need to remember the characters' yeah. names. This is the one movie that we were actually calling them by the character names. Yeah. It's yeah. a kind of friends first. Um, yeah. Okay. So it is Kazoo's. God, that's worse to say. Okay. Name's Kazoo. It's Kazoo. Kazoo. <laughs> okay. Kazoo. It's Sue's first day with music. Uh, and she, reminder: she had just called a mental health facility to pick up music. Now, uh, music has a routine. Uh, when her grandmother was alive, she would make her eggs and braid her hair every morning, and then she'd go on a walk. So music 
wakes Zoo up and says, like, I need eggs. And they sit down, and then she's, like, she makes her eggs, and she's like, I'm going to go back to bed. But Music says, like, no, braid my hair. She says, and then, okay, just to, well, okay, to be specific, yeah. she says, braid your hair, which is, like, so this is a nonverbal character, meaning um, that she is... She has limited verbal behavior. Right. Um, it seems, based on the character traits in the movie of what we seen of her, see of her talking, she has what's called echolalia, which is like echoing what you hear, um, which a lot of mm. nonverbal or like preverbal autistic children engage in, um, and t- some to an extent where it's actually um, like a barrier to them actually learning verbal language but some of them it helped anyway so yeah yeah so i just wanted to like say that um she says make you eggs because that's or she says braid your hair because that's what she hears her grandma say she echoes Mm -hmm. it and then Mm kazoo gets confused because she's like my hair is short i can't braid my hair because she's an idiot and (laughs) she's stupid yeah (laughs) and that's that's then what causes the um i don't like even calling it a meltdown because that seems kind of disrespectful it's just yeah i've called it a i like i call things like that like just having a moment yeah Yeah, i don't know what to call episode or something Mm -hmm. like meltdown Mm. just seems so disrespectful to me we'll we'll say episode we'll say episode okay also can i just say something super quick about grandma leaving uh zoo custody to music that's so irresponsible and like i'm sure she didn't expect to die suddenly but like you have you likely haven't seen kazoo in years i don't know if you know what her living situation is um but i don't think kazoo is somebody that you should be handing over parental rights to to somebody who is uh nonverbal autistic <laughs> I don't think that's yeah. a good idea, Grandma. Yeah. I don't think you thought this through. <laughs> Kazoo yeah. is, at least at the beginning of the film, well, not really ever in the film, well suited to take care of somebody yeah. with a developmental disorder. Or Kazoo anybody sh- at all. She's not even suited yeah. to take care of a neurotypical child. Kazoo shows yeah. up to her AA meeting with no pants on, and she falls asleep through the whole thing. So if that's yeah. she, wants to, she wants to buy her ninety days 90 badge, day like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there was one thing I wanted to say on that, and it was that when music has her initial episode, and Ebo comes in for the first time, um, Kazoo is like very very ill prepared. She has just woken up, and she's not dressed. She just has underwear and a sports bra on, and. She answers the door like that, not really realizing. Uh, Ebo walks in and is trying to help calm down music. And she walks into the back room while looking for money, I think. And then pulls at the straps of her bra, like her sports bra, and and realizes, (laughs) oh no, I'm not wearing anything respect- I'm not wearing anything appropriate at all. I'm basically naked. Mm -hmm. And then for the rest of the entire movie, she wears nothing <laughs> no but, like, clothes. 
She wears no I... clothes. She just wears a sports bra and like a skirt. There, for the rest she of shows up to the wedding in a sports bra and a tutu, oh, like what? Carrie Bradshaw. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. Okay, okay. But back to like the big the the crush. So... so restraining bad, not good <laughs> for yeah lots of different reasons. Mainly that it kills people. Um. And that's not exclusive to autistic children. It's, I mean, don't don't restrain anyone. Um, so in this movie, I think they were trying to set up that they, I think what they were trying to say is that music was going to hurt herself unless they restrained her. Because otherwise, why not just let this person have their episode, let them de-escalate as long as they're safe. Um, even if it's, I mean, they're, you're in your house. It's not even like anyone is going to be judging or anything. Um, yeah. Okay. So that makes sense. We saw earlier, it was established earlier in the movie that she has like a stim that where she like hits herself or taps herself with the heel of her hand, usually like on her legs. And she was doing it on her head, which to me didn't look like it was forceful, but I mean, you know obviously head injuries we don't want anyone to hurt themselves so um there's alternatives to restraining people to prevent them from hurting themselves that are less intrusive um a really common one is to use kickboards or like boogie boards that people use Mm -hmm. when they're learning how to swim um because you can just slide them like in between the body part they're hitting they'll just hit the kickboard um or pillows obviously there's probably pillows in the house um and uh, mind if i yeah. sorry go ahead uh mind if i interject really quickly about the uh the stimming not looking forceful yeah of course i i think that the intention was that it was supposed to look forceful and harmful but due to uh maddie not wanting to hurt herself actually it's, um... It was probably it, done, it's like, look, more gentle it, it, than it could have been. Yeah, it it looks mm. more gentle as just a side effect of being a movie. Yeah. Yeah, mm. which is also possible. But that's what I'm saying. Like, if that was the intention, was that it's like, oh... And then they could have made that clear with dialogue then. Um, right. Which they yeah, didn't. There, it could have been an educational moment of, like, Zoo being like, what's she doing? And then Ebo being like, oh, like, it's a stim. Sometimes, like, she does self-harm behavior as a stim or something like that. So then it would yeah. lead into this, oh, well, what do we do thing. Instead, it's just like, oh, no, look at what she's doing. That's so bad. Right. Why on top so, of her? That'll yeah. fix it. So this is also really harmful because... um autistic people in like as a community there has been a history of neurotypical people not knowing how to react um when they do have these kind of extreme episodes um Mm -hmm. and that results in things like um them getting locked in rooms like literally locked in rooms in it's I've heard oh, stories of school systems like um, a kid has an ep- starts having an episode. They don't know what to do. They're afraid they're going to hurt other kids or the teachers, and so they will lock them in a room and just let them like do whatever, which is so unsafe. Um, 
for anybody. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because, yeah, I mean, it, it def- I'm hoping, you know, now, like, more pe- like schools are, like, equipped for that sort of They're thing. They're not. Because, oh, <laughs> no, okay. Uh, oh. I've been, in, but, I've been in schools before where uh, the class we went into to do a workshop with them uh, was a classroom made up of uh, students with, uh, like neurodivergent students and students with autism and there was a room where there were like pillows set up and like blankets was it called like a de-escalation room i don't know if it had like it looked like that and it was like okay. it wasn't just like here's your prayer closet go sit in here and think about what you did it was like okay if you need some quiet time here's like some sensory things here's pillows to make sure that you're feeling safe and you don't hurt yourself but mm-hmm. Yeah, like I'm yeah. I'm hoping that if like schools do have that like quiet closet thing, that's how they're doing it and not just like sticking them in a room, but I like you said, I doubt that that's what's happening. Yeah. Cuz yeah, cuz the thing too with this like uh, you know, like I get now that we're talking about it that it was supposed to look like she was hurting herself because that one thing that I was like kind of like confused about just like um, with different, like, trainings I've, like, done, it was like, why can't she just feel? I don't know. I kind of was just thinking, like, she should just be able to just, like, have her moment mm-hmm. that she, like, go, th- like, work through it herself. But I get that if there's, like, the, self- that it, the self-harm aspect, then she should have, like, a pillow or something. But I don't feel like they really communicated that at all. And, like, to me, as somebody who really does not, like, there's a lot that I don't understand um, about, like, autism and stuff. So I was just like, it's not, it looked like they were just like, oh, no, she's making a scene. Make her quit it. Right. And, yeah. and I was like, yeah, this oh, is upsetting I think to she... me. Make her stop. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's like what I'm trying to say. But so so that was so that was the first crush. Yeah, uh, so and uh, there's just, more than one. Sorry, oh, and I yeah. have a lot more to say. So Oh, yeah. Um, no, keep going. So obviously like the locking people in rooms by themselves while they are escalated and could potentially hurt themselves further um is bad enough as it is but it's also super traumatic like imagine if you are um upset by something and you already have a difficult time communicating it and then instead of getting help you just get locked somewhere that's yeah awful it's mm. horrifying like it's bad enough yeah. to be told to calm down when you're upset right now imagine mm-hmm. uh you're told to calm down and then uh you're cut off from everybody <laughs> And yeah. you can't get out. Like, that but, sucks. Yeah, I... Yeah, I guess one thing, uh, bringing it back to the crush, one thing that made it, like, especially upsetting to me, uh, at the end, like, when, he, like, he's like, okay, like, it's me, like, it's, like, it's just you and me or whatever, calm down. And she's just, like, whimpering, braid your hair. And I was like, yeah, that's all she wanted right. from the beginning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, this is so, and this went so far. And, like, the way she's, like, speaking, she, like, she doesn't, it sounds like, 
guess she's not like she sounds more scared than mm-hmm. when she was just like upset earlier yeah. Yeah. so i don't like it was just like i don't know it was very difficult and um, by and it also is really upsetting aside from the big yikes of saying i'm crushing her with my love when people mm-hmm. have died from being crushed um it's also like you how can you possibly answer when uh she says are you hurting her and you say no you're taking how do you know you're taking away her voice she's escalated she already has difficulty communicating and so that was my major thing exactly so Mm -hmm. that was awful being restrained that even if you um aren't physically hurt it's emotionally damaging mm-hmm. like it can cause trauma ptsd um right and i don't know there's i guess still some uh people who are speak against um even what what is it called like state approved restraining methods um i have been trained in um it's called physical management and it's like approved it has to be approved through the state it's a very specific training uh you can only be taught by people who are certified you have to um it's a certification in itself you have to take a written and uh like um like role play it too uh to make sure you know how to do it right um it's only used for like if a person is escalated to the point where they're gonna harm themselves or others but like it's a super super last resort um and there's so much documentation you have to have before you can even consider right. doing it. Mm-hmm. You have to get approval, um, written approval from if it's a, an adult that's able to consent. Um, you have to get written approval from them. If it's a child, you have to get written approval from the parents. Um, and you have to take like data on how long the person is in the hold and there's like a whole debriefing after it's very it's actually very traumatic for the people who (laughs) perform the holds because it's it's like yeah i can imagine so it's like it seems like it's so much more trouble than it's worth so just even like yeah even like the safe way to restrain people is very traumatic so like doing it in an unsafe way Mm. i can't even imagine um, yeah, like, I, cause I, oh. I, I also wanted to say that, um, at least in my experience as an autistic person, having somebody put their hands on me or uh, physically interact with me against my will is mm-hmm. extremely, extremely uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Right. I mm. have, uh, I, I've been out at uh, dinner with family, extended family, and I have had people come and try and forcibly kiss and hug me, and I have shoved them away. Yeah. Out mm. of out of reflex. I don't even mean to do it. I just shove them violently away because I hate it that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. And people so, yeah, don't that's... understand. 
Like, it's it's such a violation of boundaries and of bodily autonomy. And, like, for folks who already have, like, who could potentially have issues with, like, stimulation and, like, being touched and all of that. And then to, like, be forcibly held down and told and, like, told to calm down. Like, how how the hell do you think that's going to work out? It's not. You're going to mm. just make the situation worse. I don't see how this is a de-escalation practice. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The one, I guess, one last question I had about the, uh, gov- the state-approved restraint thing. Like, but you'd still say, like, mo- like, it's, like, a last resort. Like, most of the time, there are other ways that are more helpful oh absolutely it's like yes like super last resort like um if there's like even because there's even methods of preventing people from harming themselves that don't like i said that don't require restraining them so it's only like um like i've never had to do it and i've worked at Mm -hmm. my job for three and a half years um i have seen it done before Um, but it was, like, a really extreme case. Uh, I can't provide details, obviously, but, like... Right, yeah, then that's fine. But, like, I guess examples could be, like, um, a person is trying to run into traffic. Like, you're not going to be able to stop them from running into traffic unless you physically restrain them. But Mm -hmm. as soon as they're out Mm -hmm. of that danger, then you release. It's not, like, extended periods of time. If you can get them Mm. into a de-escalation room where you're in the room monitoring their behavior with them, um, there's... You actually have to have... um, There's, like, two-person holds and one-person holds, and you have to have whoever's not involved in the hold, you have to have an extra person so they can monitor... The person's breathing if their breathing looks mm. labored at all you immediately release the hold if it if they look like they're having any sort of like um symptoms of like anything seizure unable to breathe just like any anything yeah. then you immediately release the hold mm-hmm. so mm. um, and like that's really like good to note that in these crushes the only thing they're monitoring is did she stop freaking out yet yeah Yeah. great then we can move on it's like yeah i was i yeah i so like all the dangers yeah like then the yeah i guess um do you guys want to talk about the second crush i'm ready okay Okay. (laughs) sorry (laughs) So, first crush was at... No, I liked all the information you gave us. I think people needed to hear it. Um, Okay, so first crush uh, is at the apartment, sort of like a familiar surrounding. Second crush, they're on a walk through the park. And a lot of kids walk by and music gets overstimulated by like the loud screaming and stuff, I guess. Right? Yeah. Like, like the, the kids yeah. running by, something about them playing or whatever triggers her. Um, and this time, uh, Kazoo says, okay, Abo, do the thing. And he's like, I'm not going to do it in the like middle of a park, like a black man on top of a little white girl. So you have to do it. And he 
coaches her through this whole crush and at first she's like i can't do it what was weird about it too though was like okay the part where she can't do it like music still was able to move a little bit but she wasn't hitting her head anymore which i thought was supposedly the only thing we were trying to stop no apparently we're supposed to apparently they're trying to get her to completely calm down because yeah so i so that was because like because at that point i was like i mean i think you're doing like you got enough but then like but it wasn't enough until she's like all the way on the ground like fully like it was like a wrestling hold yeah. or it's, something it it's, looked... it's like restraining a wild animal it's extremely yeah. uh it's extremely disrespectful and and um degrading and it's upsetting to yeah. watch that was yeah. hard to watch yeah absolutely yeah, I, I yeah i was not a both crushes were and i also but i think that it was i also do want yeah. to bring up like i understand the point the movie was trying to make and maybe it was a valid point when he said um i'm not doing that a black man on top which is a valid fear to have but mm-hmm. you would think that if you are going to go so far as restraining a person to keep them from hurting themselves, you wouldn't care because you would just want to keep them from hurting themselves. Yeah, yeah like, I mean, and, and, like, back and, and we talk about, like, oh, you do it, no, you do it, meanwhile, she's, like, already yeah. at the point where she's potentially so, injuring herself. Yeah, I, yeah, and, like, I've, like, when we watched it the first time, like, I definitely understand Evel's hypervigilance. Like, because we even see later in the movie him just trying to escort a drunk yeah, kazoo that's... back to her room gets her thing. So, like, um, so I definitely understand his hypervigilance and that thing. What, so I sort of just gave, especially because I was also, like, I don't approve of the technique, obviously. None of us here do. But in this narrative, He's not always going to be there, so I guess she should learn to do it at some point if this is the only thing that works, quote-unquote, I guess. If, if we're looking like, at this movie universe where restraining people is safe and not harmful. Yeah, is yeah, exactly. Yeah, because, like, yeah, so, like, it's already a bad look. So I guess that's, I, so I guess my, so I, I get why he didn't want to do it, and also I'm like, if this is what we're doing here, she's got to do it at some point, too. Yeah. But still, it's very bad. Another thing, while we're talking about the crush, uh, Sia said she was going to take this out of the and movie, but, like, I have no did. idea how we would uh, even do that. Yeah, like, so she, um, <laughs> she apologized <laughs> like, for this scene three times, d- deleted her Twitter, and said that she'd remove it, and never did. Like, see, this well, is a bad you say, look. You say that you don't know She also said that she had put a warning label at the start of the movie on top of removing it. Which she did. Didn't do that either. Yeah. I don't, Zach said you, that you don't know how um, she would have removed it. It would have been easy like, because nothing connects to each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. I guess how you say that. They I was just no thinking because, like, reshoots, <laughs> Kate Hudson has to shave her head again, and, like, but, yeah, no, now, yeah, no, yeah, you mentioned it. You could just cut it out. It's literally nothing changes. 
The only, I guess the the only thing that you would have to potentially explain, but it's not like this movie cares about that, is like, oh, why is Ebo, why are we walking with Ebo now when we meet him? Like, you could have had that scene where she's like, having a bad time, and then Ebo comes in like, what's all the yelling about? And then like, take the audio <laughs> of like, oh, it's fine, like, everything's okay, tell me what's wrong, oh, make eggs. And then, like, just have that off screen while Kazoo's like, oh, I'm so confused, I don't know what to do. Like, that would have been fine. We would have skipped five minutes of the movie that was awful and terrible. Like, it's easy editing. Mm. We could do it in ten minutes, I bet. Here, you know yeah. you know what, Zach, send me a screen recording of this scene and I will edit it. <laughs> I will okay. like I will have that up at some point, but like I'm sure it's an easy enough fix. It can't be that hard. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. At first I was like, oh, I guess like I was thinking like a warning. It's definitely a warning. It shouldn't have happened in the first place, but like if it's here, I was thinking like, oh, maybe it is too hard. But no, now that we talked about no, just get rid of it. It's very easy cuz none of this relates to each other. An important scene. Um yeah. Mm. It really, really isn't. Um, okay, so if we're the next, uh, I guess, do we have anything else you want to talk about as far as the crush? I think that's probably about it for me. Yeah, it's bad. Okay. Don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Too long okay. to read. Don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So. Uh. Music, the character, is... Her name is shared with the movie's title. And music is also the actual method of music, the character, seeing the world through her autistic lens, supposedly. Despite every single other character also expressing themselves with the same strobe light, bright, (laughs) colourful music video method. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, she is, despite sharing the name of the movie, basically a side character who never actually is characterized at all, Mm -hmm. never has any growths, needs, or an arc, and the biggest change in music's character is that she starts bedwetting again after she's mistreated, like, not taken care of properly by Kazoo, which Mm -hmm. I called, by the way. (laughs) They, in earlier yeah. in the movie, uh, they open a book that the uh, that the grandmother was it had been keeping, yeah. and it's like two years without any bedwetting, and I immediately knew as heard as soon as I heard that that it would come up again at some point. But it barely and, uh, yeah, I, I, it barely even came up. It was hardly even an issue. It showed her um, with soiled pants, and then. That didn't go anywhere. They just went on to the next scene, her eating breakfast. Yeah. And then Kazoo yeah, casually what? mentioned it to Ebo. And that was it. Did I just yeah. find out for this? Because I do not remember this scene. <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah, no, I... <laughs> no, it was, it's, hard to, it's hard to notice. It's literally just that she wakes up and is like, make e- like, make eggs. And walks over and you see the back of her pants and they're slightly stained yellow. This... Um, before we continue with this, I I just like to point out one thing. I think it's a little weird. Okay, so we have the whole like, oh body music video to open with, and then like, uh, music is lying in bed. She that's how she like that was her dream, I guess, and she woke up. Mm. Uh, then 
there's like this whole shot of like her like getting dressed where we just like see her like pulling on her pants and stuff yeah and like we just see her in her underwear and like i don't really know what my like how to explain what my problem with that was but i just thought it was really weird to see like just like maddie putting on her like i don't know why we need to see her getting dressed yeah, I thought it was a little weird, but at least, like, they were full coverage, like, underwear. It wasn't, mm-hmm. like... like was, yeah. yeah, I guess we, I'm glad it wasn't we didn't a have thong. A, uh, <laughs> we, did, we didn't have a cuties moment. Yeah. 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 This um, movie did one thing, right? You know, it's funny you mentioned cuties, because I think I was talking with Aaron about it. I feel like it's the same problem, where once you take out the controversial stuff, it is a painfully boring yeah. movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, it's almost like they have to be controversial, because no one else will yeah. watch it. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, going, going back to the notes, um, and also tying into some of the other notes we had... Music is basically never portrayed as a real person at all, and is, again, just an emotional prop for the growth of other characters through the entire movie, including the emotional ending scene, which involves breaking into Ebo's family's wedding, and Kazu professing her love for him and kissing him in a sports bra and skirt, once again, (laughs) with with music off to the side, wandering around aimlessly, not being part of the moment at all. Aside from yeah. in, like the song bit a little earlier, Which, and kind of just making like happy little breath noises or whatever you would call those. The yeah, and it was yeah. I did. I'm so upset scene, about the singing at the end because it's like they were trying to make this really sweet, touching moment, but it didn't hit at all because you didn't give music any character or agency or arc or anything so the fact that she was on the stage singing it's and uh, and we didn't it even made... get like uh all like even if they had like had a line about um her being nonverbal and all she says is braid your hair and make make you eggs that's all she says and then they had the singing that would have been at least something but it was nothing it, yeah, like, especially, too, like, when uh, they have that scene where Ebo's playing the piano and Kate Hudson sings the music song, which I think is, like, that's the song they're singing at the wedding later. Mm-hmm. If they could have, like, turned the camera a little bit to watch music listening or, or like, anything, dancing or, like, st- she comes over and is listening, anything. Like, this if been they a great, show any... This would have been a great opportunity like, to literally, show, like music enjoying music like we see her like in her like inner world i guess or whatever that was supposed to represent we could have like had her come into Mm. the scene and she dances and it's like oh music like i didn't know that you liked this (laughs) haha i guess that's how you got your name like a fun oc i guess but like nothing she's barely barely in the scene she's barely in the movie honestly it was like uh uh, it was like the Christmas Carol when Tiny Tim walks again. They were just like, "Oh, look! Now she's God bless singing." Us, look at it was like, and it was like, also just a weird venue. Like again, I like what what um this was so rude because it's a wedding and at the same time it's like i guess you did steal your brother's wife, so I guess he gets to ruin your <laughs> I wedding. I was gonna say, I, I kind of feel like they were setting it up like that like we shouldn't feel sympathy because 
he stole his wife. I don't know. <laughs> That's such yeah, a it's stupid weird. plot point. Like, oh, my my brother uh, hooked up with my wife and, and now they're getting married and I'm the best man. Like, uh, <laughs> is this a Wattpad story? What the hell is this? This and doesn't then, like, happen. The fact that they... And then the fact that they included that Ebo has HIV... And then it goes um, down and then never comes up again. It, like, did, it came... So, to be fair, they did kind it, of set it up because... With the medication thing. Yeah, in the beginning, kind of towards the beginning, he was, like, talking to his doctor or whatever. And then it came back later. But that's all. It didn't go anywhere. It didn't... And oh, like, yeah. Yeah. And, like, I... Again, I... I don't really know how to, like, bring this up more tactfully. But it's just, like, also... I don't... Okay, it's a bad look when all these things come together. And I'm just sort of noticing them now as we're talking. Okay. So, Sia's cameo. She wants... Well... We'll get more into that later, but she wants to give uh, illegally purchased drugs to these kids in Haiti who <laughs> experienced an earthquake. Okay, also, Ebo is from Ghana, and he had a neurodivergent uh, brother who's dead. And also, he has HIV, and they don't, like, tell us how he got HIV, but we know he's from Ghana, yeah. and, like, I don't know it's if cute. it's his wife's infidelity that gave it to him, or the whole Africa, and he's, like, yeah, in I'm my village, I... they viewed it as a curse, and I was, I'm and, like, it's already, like, the act, and the act, and the act, and, like, the actor is putting on an accent, which I don't usually mind, but when you add the accent to the village that's like it was a curse and like all this stuff, it was just like, I don't like it. I don't really, I can't explain all the problems with it, but if you like hear what I'm saying and you get where I'm coming from, that's where I'm at <laughs> with um, that. <laughs> briefly, briefly going back to what you were saying before this, uh, this thread, mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> this, this, this thought thread, yeah. <laughs> uh, about the HIV, the autism, mm -hmm. and, um, the drug dealing. Right. I think it was Bob in chat earlier mm -hmm. who was saying that there was actually a lot of really, really cool potential for this movie if they had stuck to those three things as a theme and made it a movie about the, the issues with the American healthcare system. Mm -hmm. And they just never even went there. It was definitely like, yeah, like a, all of the things that they added to the movie. Every single plot and subplot that they added to the movie was like a half idea that never got a full fleshed out anything. Yeah. Yeah, because this is what we're talking about. Because like, okay, Ebo can't get his medication. Because uh, I don't know, maybe she couldn't get what she really needs to get sober. And then uh, music, they get that device eventually that helps her communicate her feelings. Yeah. And maybe it could have been like, oh, we can't afford it or, or like, something. Oh, or like our this. insurance won't it's get just it like, to she it. Gets it one day. Yeah. Like, how accessible are those to uh, nonverbal children? They're pretty accessible. You can actually get them on like um ipads 
Okay. Mm. Yeah, you can get uh, apps that are AAC devices for iPads. Okay. Follow-up question. Okay. How accessible are service animals for autistic children? I do not know. Um, can can none your of, friend none of, set you up with one? <laughs> none of the clients that I work with have service. A lot of them have animals, but they're not service animals, mm-hmm. so I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't, question. I don't know. Can I don't I... even know how do you apply for a service animal. I feel like you can't have someone apply for you, especially someone who's not related to you. Yeah, can the can the boy across the street who has never spoken to you before apply for a service animal for you and then die <laughs> ten seconds later? <laughs> he has to die, though, otherwise you don't yeah. get it. I mean, he can... <laughs> He can try, I guess. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> well, you know what's weird though? I, 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 like you know, Felix. I love Felix. Uh, but Felix the implication of the when she gets the service animal is they say like, okay, you're abusing what you ordered. So he was like impersonating her, I guess. I don't know because no they idea. just say I think like it's a fraud case. Imp- here. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, but he's dead, so statutes of limitations like, are out. And like, did did Kazoo and Music know that the service animal was coming? Because like, as much as I uh, yearn for the day that one of my sisters comes home with a stray pet, I don't know what I'm gonna do afterwards. We don't have the stuff for it. So like, someone like Ding Dong, oh, who is that? And you go and answer the door. Hi, here's your service animal. Oh, I don't even have food for them. What? I mean, the their yeah, response is that's... pretty friendly, so yeah. I guess so. Maybe, maybe he like. Well, I don't even know how, because like he literally orders it and dies. <laughs> <laughs> also, so, like to, I'm not exaggerating. We need to um, talk so about. I don't even know. Felix a little bit. Yeah, because they did him I'm, so dirty. Because yeah. he was only in the movie a little bit. And didn't have a single line. So that's one thing. So like I was asking before we started recording. Is Felix really shy? And maybe has a social anxiety? Or is he supposed to also be uh, neurodivergent? um, Explicitly. We don't know. (laughs) We know that he is nice. Because they never. music. Yeah, they never talk about him in any helpful way. They give him lots of characterization from what little we do know about him, which was kind of interesting. But I know I, a lot more about him than yeah, me. Yeah, I, exactly. I will say, I will say, at one point he hugs somebody else of his own volition. Yeah, which makes me think. Which makes me think he's probably not autistic. Yeah, but I, don't I don't know, know. though. I, I've I, hugged oh, people before. It's just not something I do very often. Yeah, and I mean, there's, um, I mean, there's some, like, autistic children that like hugging. You know. Oh yeah, no. Some people really, really love it. It's different mm-hmm. for everybody. Yeah, for yeah. Sure. I think if there was, G- like... generally overall, I think. Sorry. No, you go first. Generally, overall, I think most people dislike physical contact, but then there's also the subset that, you know, can't get enough of it Uh, and are very, very affectionate. Yeah. Yeah, I think it would have been more clear if there had been, like, some actual, like, character context with him. Because he's just kind of dropped into the movie and taken right out. I'm going to explain Felix's art. Okay. Um, Yeah. He... 
Was it, we see him in the we see him in the boxing place first, right? The boxing. Wait, studio. do we see what him? What's place called? We see Jim. him in the morning because he's part of the, oh, the walk. neighborhood walk. Yeah. <laughs> so we see him on the walk. We see him in the boxing gym, uh, just you know, hanging out. I guess. Um, <laughs> we see him shining a light into music's room he lives in the building across the street from her and i guess he somehow discovered that she likes to play with the light um when he shines it through her window uh at night so he does that for her very cute um he's he's having a ball with it um i don't know how he found that out because like that's still flashing light she could potentially have gotten a seizure like you don't know her deal yeah (laughs) I mean, at least it's just, like, a flashlight. It's not like a... It wasn't like a strobe, but... um, I guess that's true. And then we see him in the boxing gym where uh, Ebo works to coach the the children on how to box. And he's telling... He's telling him... He's coaching him. Coaching Felix. Stay on the inside. If he can't reach you, he can't hit you. Something. And... In the in his match, he just stands there for a minute and then he hugs his opponent instead of boxing him because he doesn't like boxing. He's forced into it by his dad, and Ebo says he's a good boy, <laughs> which was <laughs> very sweet. Yeah. And then that evening, and then I did. Yeah. And then his he oh he watches dance videos a lot. He wants to be a dancer. Um, mm-hmm. And then his dad gets into a fight with his mom he tries to stop him by just like kind of pulling at him his dad hits him he falls hits his head and dies and that's the end does his dad hit him or does he like just kind of like push him out of the way he like shoved him like yeah i mean he was in the middle of he was in the middle of choking his wife so like and also so i guess it's worth mentioning (laughs) also as part of his arc or whatever that he these were his adopted parents and his dad didn't like him and his mom did <laughs> and like but only in secret like, there's a little sprinkle yeah, of anti-asian racism in there too because of course Sia yeah. had to make this movie even worse yeah they have to own a dry clean yeah they have to and... speak foreign language in the subtitles i like, honestly, they're like, okay, fine, like, don't tell me the language, but you could at least translate what he's saying, because that would clear up, like, our debate about whether or not he's supposed to be neurodivergent or not, because it seems like he says some sort of slur about his son. Yeah. But I don't know what he said. should have been about If it was just, like, like... I mean, I could have been about, like, the alternative movie, just make it about them having a friend. Because it's sort of like he looks at music sometimes and it's like, oh, maybe he has a crush on her. Like, he clearly cares he, about yeah, her. He the point for of ordering a her service sleep. animal for her. Mm-hmm. And, like, literally, and the only real thing we know about music, honestly, is that she likes dogs. That's it. Yeah. So, like, when we got the dog, I was like, man, this is a dream come true. The one thing I know about her. <laughs> She one got that dog. dog. And Felix is the one that got it for her. It wasn't even her sister. Yeah. <laughs> Not even Ebo. Uh, so, okay. Like, and then, yeah. Also, I don't, like, this is like, when he dies, then him, I guess somehow music can sense he's dead. I really don't understand how the music videos because work. she has autism. At this and point. she has magic abilities. Yeah, okay. 
I didn't get that either because like especially because we didn't ever see them we saw them interacting face to face one time they could have had a scene where they interacted when they all went to the boxing gym with Evo but instead they said music go sit over there and then the camera just focused on Evo (laughs) Yeah. That sounds like, so ridiculous saying it out loud. Have to be but that's what happened. I, yeah, I think... Oh. Eh? Okay. <laughs> um, I think... <laughs> like, I think that an alter- we'll have like a lot of alternative pitches on how this movie could have gone. But one pitch I just thought of, which I think would have been really cute. Okay, no grandma. Starts off with kazoo and music against the world. Let's Lilo and Stitch Aww. this. Where it- she's just a good sister. Okay. She's been doing good the whole time. And she's like slightly like happy and nervous about music's new friendship with Felix. And the whole movie is just Aww. music's Aww. friendship with Felix. My one request. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> my one request is yes, that we like. have we have Gma in the movie because I really the most enjoyable scene for me was like her at breakfast. I thought that was like a really sweet interaction. I need more of Gma. Yeah. She was like the star of the show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like um, yeah. The grandma the was like sticks was so nice. Oh yeah, she oh, was like, I "Oh, she's going to love this." It was I really did like good See, grandma and, like, a lot. Those scenes were she just great. dropped dead. Those scenes were great. <laughs> she talked to her like she was a person and she interacted with her and she interacted her with her with things that she knows she likes. She was like, "Did you know that a hippo sweat is red?" That's so fun. Mm-hmm. Our, our other Yeah, like, we didn't I really... get any of that. <laughs> our the other most we got with Go ahead. I was going to say, our other alternative right was uh, Grandma Music Against the World, and it's a nice coming-of-age film, slice-of-life film, about them uh, going through life, and it was cute. Yeah, because, like, in the beginning when she, in the morning, after, uh, like, Grandma, like, braids her hair, makes her eggs and everything, she goes on a walk, and we see different people in the neighborhood, like, uh, Ebo opens the door for her, this like guy who runs a cart or whatever he cuts out dogs in every magazine just for her because he knows she likes dogs she goes to the uh library and felix is on the lookout and like he actually i noticed because i've watched this so many times (laughs) but he actually looks up to the window and grandma looks out and he like verifies to the grandma that that she's made it it to this park See, and that's sweet too because it's like showing that they're giving her her independence and agency which is so important for like anyone but mm-hmm. people forget about that part when yeah mm-hmm, like interacting like with so autistic people i think this is a fun moment when we were watching it uh me and karina came up with the title for this movie at the same time but we came up with it takes a village <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just a cute we just have like all these like all these nice feel good movies at our fingertips that could have been I think another Um, idea we had was like kazoo does show up but like the whole movie grandma's like trying to get rid of her (laughs) just get out of here it's a little slapsticky but it's like still like sweet and wholesome it's like kazoo get out of here go away we don't want you here (laughs) They actually, they'll at some point have, like, fourth wall breaks where Kazoo's, like, actively turning the camera towards her. And they're like, no, <laughs> you're not the star it's of this like, movie. It's like a, a mockumentary. 
It's supposed they to be like, that. Yeah. It's like some PBS production of like uh oh young God. like teenagers with not- autism. And uh, it was like grandma's doing like an interview on the kitchen table, like, oh yeah, like telling her about the day. And then the door opens and Kazoo comes in. She's like, surprise, I'm here. They're like, this is not expected. Are the producers behind this? It's like, no, we have no idea who she is. <laughs> that would be fun. Like, yeah, and like, I think, yeah, and like, that's something too. Like, this is like, I really love the show, Everything's Gonna Be Okay. Yeah. Um, because, like, it's star, like, one of the stars is, like, played by, uh, an autistic actress, and she does such a good job in, like, the show. Um, and it's just, like, but it's also, like, I think a lot of movies, like, when people first think about, like, movies featuring, uh, a neurodivergent character, they think of something, like, somber and, like, uh, inspirational or whatever, but like everything's gonna be okay. It's, she makes jokes like everybody else, and like they're just all trying to figure out their life together, and like they're all just people, you know. And I think like it's nice to have like fun with all sorts of like I don't know. I think like that's the kind of representation that we need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like everybody it's like, is. We're all yeah. Everybody is a person. Yeah. Yeah, not just like, oh no, it's so sad. We have so much to overcome all the time. Oh, no. I um, have so much autism. My life's so difficult. Like, no, just show me somebody with autism going to the store, buying some ingredients, going home, baking a cake, having a nice time. And then they're like, oh, beans. Uh, my, I don't know, what's a fun plot for a TV show? <laughs> yeah, um... Oh no, there's beans in everything. Oh no, oh no. Ah, beans. That's the show, the show's called Ah, Beans. (laughs) And then, uh, one of, like, the last things, we actually, like, have covered all our notes, which I'm like, oh, good (laughs) on us. I got us being on track But (laughs) the last thing I just want to talk about, and, like, we sort of talked about this before we got into the call, um... C's cameo was, like, super self-indulgent, right? Like, unnecessary. You already wrote and directed the thing. Why are you here? And, like, keeping in mind that she wrote it, she, at some point, wrote uh, Kazoo coming in and being like, is that a Sia wig? Like, I need to meet Sia. It's the same energy (laughs) as, like, Jane Austen writing her stories, and she's like, oh, this (laughs) character is, like, so nice and pretty, and everyone loves her, and her name is Jane. (laughs) 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 Like, I I see Jane Austen, you silly goose. What are you doing? I had... I hadn't even thought about that. Oh my gosh. I saw a tweet about it. And it's Jane so Bennett. I'll see if I can find the post, but like the way it's written is so funny. But yeah, no, that's so true. Oh my gosh. Jane. <laughs> <laughs> you did it. You got me. Okay. So I think, yeah, we pretty much talked about everything we've. We've gotten all our feels out about this awful movie. I don't know. I might have more um, feels, any... but, like, <laughs> there's only so yeah. much we can do at a time. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's no so... edge to the feels. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess if you want to, like, talk more, talk with us more about this movie and rage out with us, feel free to join our Discord because we 
post a bunch of our feels <laughs> there all the time. Uh, Aaron, do you want to say something about your GoFundMe? Oh, uh, yeah, sure. Um, uh, I'm really close to my deposit goal for my GoFundMe. Yay. Link's down in the description if you'd like to support. Thank you so much for all of your, all of your help and consideration. Okay, I think that's it. Everyone go donate. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, go support her. Erin, do you have commissions yeah. as well? Don't. Don't do it. Oh, reverse psychology. Reverse psychology. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I will be really, really unhappy if you do that. Oh, you'd be such a loser if you donated to help someone. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, thank you guys for coming and talking me about all this. We actually like learned a lot. We have a long KOF educational yeah. moment yeah. in this. And thank you guys for listening and remember to comment, like, and subscribe because we all need friends. Bye. 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 Bye.